Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friend, this is Kat and I am super excited about today's episode. I'm chatting with Tish Oxenreiter. She writes and heads up theartofsimple.net. She's the author of two books, and her newest book is coming out in just a few weeks. It's called Notes from a Blue Bike, and it's fantastic. And and we're talking about that book and and the things that she's learned in the process of writing it and the process of living. And the, the whole idea is the art of living intentionally in a chaotic world. And I don't know about you guys, but my life feels very, very chaotic at times, especially now that I'm older and I have kids, and honestly, now that my kids are older, it felt more chaotic in the moment when my children were young. But as they get older, just in, it just feels like longer and more chaotic because they all have events and things that they're a part of. Just last night, I had a daughter who had a basketball game at 5, uh, another daughter who had a basketball game at 7, so we had to stay at the venue for three hours, and my poor six-year-old boy was so bored. And then um, one of my daughters had cheerleading practice, and my son hasn't even started his soccer stuff. And we have one car. Since my husband works from home, we don't really need two. So just figuring out how to drive everywhere and be at everything and do everything and fit it all into our schedules in the midst of wanting to you know, do homework and eat dinner at home and, and all of that feels very, very chaotic. And it's so easy just for life to overwhelm us and for us to simply respond to it. And so I love, love, love this subtitle of Tisha's book, The Art of Living Intentionally in a Chaotic World. And I especially like just that it's the word art because it's not a science. I'm not always going to be able to live intentionally, but it's something that I'm going to learn a little bit at a time. And sometimes I'm going to, it's sometimes going to be messy but it's an art. And so we're going to talk about that with Tish today. But before we jump into that, I wanted to just say thanks to you guys. I know I haven't given shout outs on here in a while. I'm trying to speed up my podcasting process a little bit and I'm I'm switching around episodes every now and then. So I'm not always able to put them out when um, I had thought I would be able to. So it's been a little bit harder to add in things that are time-based like y'all's awesome reviews. So I wanted to throw out a couple today and just say thank you to a few of you who have put out reviews on iTunes, uh, Gonolis98 and Raising Playful Tots, Big Daddy BD, and Two Girl Mom. You guys all left some really encouraging reviews. And honestly, that means so much to me in, a, in the midst of trying to do editing and all of that stuff. Honestly, sometimes I just go over and read those because it's so encouraging so thank you. I, I love doing these, and I hope it encourages you to hear things, you know, in your head or through your ears or out of the headphones that you're listening to. Sometimes I just think it's so powerful to hear encouragement and to hear wisdom and to hear people and to feel like you're not alone. So 
I also got a thank you note from a listener in Slovenia. And I just wanted to say thank you to her. It meant so much and it was such an encouragement to me to get that note. And uh, for all of you moms, no matter where you are, maybe you live somewhere where there's an awesome community around you. My prayer is that this show would make you feel and remind you more than anything that you are not alone, that there are moms literally all over the world. I know Raising Playful Tots, who left that review on iTunes, uh, I'm pretty sure she's from Great Britain. And then the lovely lady sent me the note from Slovenia. And they're just people all over the world that have the same heart and the same vision for your family and for your children that you do. And you are so, so, so not alone. So if you feel that way, I, it's my prayer that this show would remind you that that you are not, that there is an army of women around the world uh, that have the same heart and the same vision for their families that you do. So honestly, I'd just like to encourage you right now as you're listening, just uh, take a minute and pray for the other moms listening, the ones especially who might feel alone, who might feel discouraged. Um, I'm actually going to just be quiet here for a minute. I know it's kind of odd on a podcast, but I really mean it. I want you to take a minute and just pray for moms who feel alone or discouraged. So I'm going to be quiet here for about 30 seconds. And if you guys would say a quick prayer. Okay, thank you guys for doing that. I know that it it means so much and it matters. What you did just now in those 30 seconds mattered and it impacted someone's life somewhere in the world. You might not know, but heaven knows. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for everybody who's listening. So without any further ado, let's jump into the interview today with Tish. Uh, I, I do wanna say, I've known Tish for a while. We went to the Philippines together on a compassion blogger trip, and we we're actually roommates there for seven days. So in some of the most emotional circumstances of our lives, I, I personally, and she's traveled a lot, I'd never been on the other side of the world. Uh, I'd never um, been in circumstances like I was in there, just in the extreme poverty. I also happened to have the opportunity to meet my mother's family for the first time there. So huge life moment. So it's one of those situations where you really get to know somebody. And I just want to honor Tish and say that she is a wonderful and genuine woman. And, and her wisdom is really honest and from her life. And uh, I, I love her realness. And I know you're going to love it, too. And so I'm thankful for her. And I'm sure you guys will be as well after you listen to this show. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Tish Oxenrider. Hey, Tish. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, not bad. Long day, but good. <laughs> that sounds, that is intriguing. <laughs> well, I'm recording the audiobook to my book. Oh, and so yeah. You're talking a so lot. So I today. just talked for three hours this morning. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking the time to now talk with us after oh, talking it's fun. for three hours. Well, you're not going to make me like correctly pronounce incredulously <laughs> or something. Which is what I had to work on three times in a row this morning. So, <laughs> so how do you say it? So, what's the right way? Well, you know, you say it incredulously, which of course I can say perfectly now. But when it's like pressure, you know, <laughs> uh, somehow I mess it up. 
Yeah, so you yeah. want to give us an example? How'd you mess it up? Oh gosh. I, I think it was more like one of those, you know, um, when you're, when you're giving a presentation and suddenly you realize this is a normal word, but yet it was sort of like incredulously or incredulously or, you know, and then you keep repeating it and you're like, why can't I say this right? Oh my word. You know, I'm a competent adult. The other one was rural. I had, I had to record that one two or three times also. Rural. Rural. That's a hard, a hard one. Yeah. It's so weird. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. So you're recording a book. So for everybody listening, I want you to tell us, well, yeah, tell us a little bit about this book that you're recording. Okay. Well, it's called Notes from a Blue Bike, and it's the next book of mine that's coming out February 4th. And yeah, now is the time to record the audiobook of the hardback copy that'll come out. And I have no idea if the audiobook comes out at the same time. But yeah, it's kind of getting down to the wire where we're doing the end, the final stuff. So it's fun. So is it tough to balance all of that with what you already do online and with your family and everything? Uh, yes, it is. But I definitely, I don't think of a whole day as how can I balance this? It's a little bit of a bigger chunk. It's more like weeks or sometimes even a month, you know? So like when I wrote the book, it was a solid month. I wrote three-fourths of it. And the reason it worked for us is because Kyle, my husband, could clear his work calendar more or less. I mean, just stick to the bare bones. We got childcare to come help. We just did a lot of proactive stuff. And then it was done, you know, and then I went back to my normal life, which mostly involves being at home with the kids and working here and there, but, you know, doing the usual mom thing. And so the this audio recording is kind of the same way. Like this, it should be done by the end of the week. It's just kind of a weird week where I'm working more than usual. And so Kyle is just being amazing and rolling up his sleeves and helping more around the house and stuff like that. So it's totally a team effort. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, I really don't think I could do any of this without him. And it it works out well that we both work from home and we can set our own hours. Um, I really am not under the illusion that it would work any other way, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So for everybody listening, Tisha's new book, like she said, it's called Notes from a Blue Bike, The Art of Living Intentionally in a Chaotic World. And I don't know about you, but that title just totally grips me because it does feel like a very chaotic world. And the idea of living intentionally in the midst of it sounds like such an ideal yet such a challenge. What inspired you to write the book? Well, the book is sort of how it's half how to still, but it's a lot of my own personal story. So it's just story format as well. Um, And what inspired me was my family's journey from living abroad in Turkey for three years and then coming back. And when we first moved over to Turkey, we really did not like their slower pace of life. We thought we would, but it was just so much harder than we thought as average Americans who are used to getting a lot done in a day or or really focusing on productivity as as the definition of a good day. And in Turkey, it's a relationship-based culture. It's you know, the mark of a good day, honestly, a lot of times has to do with people and the relationships you were with and how you served. And so we grew to tolerate that, tolerate that. And then we grew to love it so that by the time our three years were up, we were totally immersed in that culture and lived, we didn't even notice how much we lived like that. And so when we came back to the U.S., it was just, you know, a shock to our system. We felt like we were driving, you know, a Ford Pinto in the left lane of a highway, is how we would describe it, you know, where it was suddenly like, okay, we've got our 
foot all the way down on the pedal, and yet we can't keep up with everything around us. And so the book chronicles our experience of wanting to scoot over to the right lane, you know, to get back to where life is a more manageable pace, yet we're still on this highway. We're not like moving to a new culture again. We're here in the U.S. in our Western culture and asking the question, is it possible to live slowly in a, in a culture that's not relationship-based? It's more productivity or efficiency-based. So that was the, I guess, the impetus of the, the story and the plot behind the book. So did you come to a conclusion and can you share it? <laughs> well, um, the general conclusion is that, yes, it can be done, but it takes a lot of swimming upstream from the culture. It takes a lot of uh, being intentional. And that intentionality looks like a lot of daily little choices. It's not one big manifesto that you write up at the beginning of a new year and, you know, now life is going to be slower. It's a lot of those daily things of, you know, how are we going to fill out the squares in our calendar or are we going to leave them empty? And um, how are we going to spend our money? Are we going to spend it on higher quality food, but less of it because we care more about eating in season or eating from scratch or, you know, at what point do I consider the work I spent doing enough? Because really we could always do one more thing, especially if you blog or or just work online or work from home, I should say, even, you know, the work feels like it never ends. And so it's asking the question of what's enough. So it's a lot of specific choices you have to make daily and, but it can be done. You know, it just might look a little different. Now, when you lived overseas, was I know you started your blog when you lived overseas. I'm forgetting the time frame of social media and stuff. Was that something that you had to deal with when you were over there, or is that something that's more come on the scene since you've been back? Well, it was around. Uh, we left in 2010. So Twitter had come around, what, like 2007 or something? I don't remember exactly. I was on Twitter and Facebook, but it wasn't the beast that it is today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. It it didn't feel as overwhelming maybe to me. Maybe it's because I was happily in, you know, la la land where I wasn't immersed in the the U.S. culture where you just always have to be on all the time. It also helped that I was what, like eight to 10 hours ahead of time. Mm. And so I felt like I was always one step ahead of the game just because I was living in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, it was around. It just wasn't, it didn't feel quite as overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, Because it seems like now, and I always blame Pinterest, and I really shouldn't because it's not Pinterest's (laughs) fault, (laughs) but whenever I feel like things are just so chaotic or I'm so less than, I always Mm -hmm. come back to Pinterest because there are so many good ideas on there, so many things that I want to do, so many things that I now suddenly, because I opened Pinterest, feel like I should do. But in Mm -hmm. reality, they're things that I never, ever thought of before. And maybe I don't right. actually really need to. So it would be interesting. I don't know if you've kept in touch with any of your friends overseas, but I wonder how the advent of advent is that the right word? The ad, yeah, that's yeah, the right the word. The advent of the just social media and and Pinterest and stuff like that. If that has affected places that have a slower place of uh, pace of life, do you have uh-huh. you kept up with any of your yeah. overseas friends that? Hmm. I do, you know, and it, what's funny is I see them on Pinterest and I see them pinning things and it makes me wonder if they are just pinning more out of nostalgia, like, ooh, wouldn't this be fun to do? Oh, I can't do it. Oh, well. Or if they're actually pinning because they want to give it a shot in a different culture. I don't know. You know, that would be really interesting to actually ask them. Um, but yeah, I have been curious about that. I know Turkish friends are on Pinterest as well. Um, at least in most countries of the world, Facebook is huge, you know, so that's a big deal too. So I I do think social media has, I mean, 
I, I agree with you. I don't want to necessarily crucify Pinterest as the the source of all our woes <laughs> of of just getting too much in our face. Um, because there's a lot of great things that happen from social media, you know, the connecting of the world, making it smaller and things like that. But um, yeah, I agree that it Pinterest can be overwhelming along with all the other social media tools where it just vies for our attention more, more and more. And, and it competes with real life, I feel like, instead of enhances it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that moms can do who are inundated with social media and, and all of the old fashioned things in our society that propelled us and made us kind of work and go and go and go even before there was social media. What are some things that we can do to live with more intentionality? Well, since we're specifically talking about social media, social media, I will say one thing that's helped me lately is we just have a no screen day on Sundays Mm -hmm. and Sundays aren't a magical day. It's not for any reason other than it just works well for our family, but we just pick one day a week where we do everything in our power to not look at screens and the obvious one is TV. Okay. We won't turn on the TV, but it's harder than you would think as an adult, you know, um, (laughs) we're not just talking cartoons on Netflix. It's hard. You know, of course we're, we're going to have grace with each other. We're not going to be legalistic about, Oh, I saw you look at your phone. It's going to be more like, okay, we'll use our phone for things like looking up something on Yelp or using maps or texting, you know, somebody we're about to go meet. But in general, we're not going to just sit there and scroll Facebook on our phones because we have to sit somewhere for five minutes and wait. And it's amazing what that Sunday does for my soul Mm. and what it does for our family. And I mean, honestly, I make it sound like we're on screens all the time the rest of the weekend. We're not. I would say we're on, I mean, we don't, there's no way to quantify this, I guess, but we're not on screens very often compared to maybe the average American or maybe around the same. I don't know. Um, but we don't watch much TV and we just, you know, use the internet for work and for school and all that. But it's amazing what it does just to keep screens away from our eyes and just to look around. Um, so having that Sabbath, the screen Sabbath is what we call it, really helps just push the reset button, I think, as we start the next week. Um So that's one thing that we do. And then, gosh, there's so many little things we can do. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with what we input, you know, what we, what we export out in our lives sometimes is, is a a symptom is it, it describes what we're putting in, in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of little things like, am I always reading something? Am I reading something beneficial? Even if I'm talking like five minutes before I pass out at night, because I'm exhausted, you know, I'm working through a book. And somehow that um, makes the need for always being online or always being connected feel less less forceful, you know, less less just big in my life. Um, yeah. Am I going out to meet a real girlfriend, you know, who lives in my town for coffee every other week or, you know, once a month? Am I taking the time to cultivate real friendships? Um, am I going on dates with my husband? Um, you know, ha- just cultivating the real life things seems to lessen the pull for social media in my life or just technology in my life. Have you, and in the midst of, of all of that, being intentional, have you rec- encountered any um, feedback is not the word that I'm looking for, but um, when you're going against the grain, sometimes you get um, flack, I guess is the word I'm looking for, from people that say, why aren't your kids doing these 5,000 things? Why aren't you online more? Have you encountered any flack from people either in real life uh, that are going full bore into the whole, you know, 70 mile an hour American culture or from people online 
who are wanting you to be, you know, completely immersed in social media and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely online. I wouldn't say my real life world expects me to be online more for sure. I think I'm maybe they see me as this person who is always online, even though I'm not. Um, but there's definitely a pull with my inbox, my email inbox, with social media, with friends abroad, or you know, just long distance friends who use social media to keep up with us. Of just wanting, I mean. There's that saying, I guess, about how you never quit Twitter. Like you, you, no one at the end of the day says, well, I finished Twitter or I finished <laughs> the internet, you know? And so there's just always one more thing to do. And so for me in that regard, I, I have long since abandoned the idea of having inbox zero, you know, nothing in my, in, my email inbox. I love the idea of it. Maybe one day I will get it, but that's just not for me in my life stage. Um, I know other people with five kids who homeschool and run businesses full-time, and their goal is inbox zero and more power to them. I think that's great, but I, not my personality, not who I am and not, you know, I, so I crawl through my inbox at a snail's pace and the friends who really know me and who I want to make a priority to keep up with, they can text me because I'm much better at texting than replying to email. And then, um, let's see, the other thing you asked about was, Real life, what was it you asked? So like real life friends or family Mm -hmm. or just people in your community. In our American culture, there's certain expectations of how many activities your kids are involved in or what you should be doing or how how many events Mm -hmm. you're a part of and that sort of thing. Do you feel like you've gotten any flack for taking a step back and living a different culture in a sense in our culture? Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, Here's the funny thing. I don't think I've gotten much flack. In fact, I feel like I've gotten praise for it. Like, wow, way to go. I wish I could do that. But what I hear from that is them saying they feel like the culture is in charge of them maybe, or this is what they have to do because this is what the world at large tells them what is what makes a successful family or a happy family. And they look at what we are choosing to do, which is maybe, you know, one extracurricular activity at a time. And they see that and they admire that, but they don't feel like they can get off that train themselves. And to me, you know, not that that makes me sad or anything. I don't think anyone's intentionally trying to, you know, live in a way that doesn't make sense for them. But it does make me aware of how much we just buy into what the world at large tells us, even the stuff that we think is good, you know, the good stuff, the violin lessons and the the soccer games and the million other things. Um, none of those are bad, but it's just maybe not best, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think to me that tells me that there is an innate yearning in most of us that really, really wants to slow down, that really questions the validity of being busy for the sake of just being busy or that that is a good thing. Busy equals good. I think all of us have this vacuum in us that that kind of feels empty because we really do believe deep down, okay, that's not a good thing. This maybe isn't how we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. So what what mental shift do we need to make to escape that? Well, there's two things I think of. One of them is to actually take some time and create, it sounds really kind of cheesy and forced and I don't mean it to, but to sit down and create a family mission statement or purpose statement. And it doesn't have to be super fancy and it doesn't have to be really specific or 
something that you are never allowed to change later. But something about a mission statement to me helps narrow down all the choices that are calling for your attention. So um, I don't have ours in front of me, but it's framed on a wall in the living room. And, you know, it goes through things about like um, caring for creation and taking care of ourselves and cultivating relationships and things like that. And so it helps us make choices because honestly, it's the little everyday choices that add up to our lives. It's not the big picture you know, what does this year look like? Well, that does equal our life, but what equals that big year is all the little daily choices of what we chose to do. You know, are we going to choose, um, whatever, you know, how we spend our money, how we eat, what, what we do with our time, what we do for entertainment, how we school our kids, um, you know, how we get involved in the community and our churches, things like that. Um, and so to create that mission statement, I think, helps us know when it's okay to say no to something, even though it's good, but it's just not best for our family because that's not who we are as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing are those daily little things. You know, I think I think a lot of that quote, I think it's Elizabeth Elliot who just said, when you don't know what to do, do the thing in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so to me, what that means is, you know, how that feeling sometime when you wake up after a late night, and so you didn't bother cleaning the kitchen or cleaning up the living room. I know you've never I've do never, that. I've never, yeah, no, yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> no, but I do that sometimes. So, except for you, um, you know that feeling, and you wake up and you're like, "Oh my goodness, look at the dishes in the sink, look yes. at the table, look at all," you know, <laughs> and you just feel that overwhelmed. Honestly, the only thing that'll make it go away is just to roll up your sleeves and to mm-hmm. tackle one spot at a time, and then move on to the next spot, and then move on to the next spot. And so, to me, that's how we should approach wanting to slow down. If you just decide I'm going to slam on the brakes, pull up, pull up the emergency brake, everything's just going to go flying forward. It's not realistic. Everyone's going to be a mess. But if you slowly put on the brake, you know, okay, we are going to look at our calendar this month and really evaluate, is this the best way we spend our time? And, you know, bite off a little bit of that and then look into something else, you know, look into the things in your home. Is Are these things really giving us joy? Are they really serving our house a purpose so that we can fulfill what we do in it? Or is it just mm-hmm. clutter? Is it one more thing to clean? Is it just taking up space, visual space in our life so we're not as much at peace? Well, let's start evaluating the things in our home and see about whether we can make it more congruous with our family purpose statement. So, you know, just instead of feeling overwhelmed, I guess, maybe just doing one small thing at a time. That's really good. What's that quote that you mentioned sometimes about um, if it's not beautiful... <laughs> oh, yeah. something. I'm expecting you, of course, <laughs> yeah, to have it memorized a, on the spot. That's okay. Uh, William Morris is an architecture or architect from the 19th century, and he says, have nothing in your home that you do not believe to be beautiful, that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And so that's, you know, we're not super hardcore about like, okay, is this useful? Is it beautiful? No, out it goes. But that's sort of the idea we have yeah. in our home of like, you know, evaluating whether something stays or goes. That's good. I'm impressed. You you just threw that right out there. That was really good. <laughs> well, I've known that quote for years. I mean, that's kind of what started the blog in a way, or that was sort of the, the my favorite quote at the time. So yeah, it's it rattles around in my brain a lot. That's really good. Now, I know there's going to be some moms out there that are like, well, that's really great because you and your husband are on the same page. What if, mm-hmm. what if my husband and I aren't on the same page and I'm just, am I just going to drag my whole family into this? How do they take the first step if their family is clueless about wanting to live intentionally in this culture, but the mom is really feeling passionate about it? 
I get asked this all the time and it's, it's a tricky thing. Um, what I usually remind people of the thing that they already know is that relationships are more important than things. And so to evaluate whether the, what it is you're wanting to, to change in your life, does it involve relationships or does it involve things? And sometimes they, they cross both, you know, so sometimes it looks like a thing, but really it has some sort of relational aspect to it. But in general, you can say, okay, you're wanting to declutter the house or you're wanting to not have so much stuff in the garage, let's say. Um, it affects your relationship, but really what you're talking about are things. If it, if it is going to cause a rift in your marriage, if it's going to cause a serious lack of communication, then it's not as important as you might think it is because relationships are more important than things. Cultivate that relationship and maybe down the road, you'll both be on the same page with whatever it is and you can tackle those things next. Mm -hmm. So yeah, look into whether this relation or whether this thing on your mind, does it affect your relationship with your kids, with your husband? Because at the end of the day, those things really do matter more than living you know, you don't want to make an idol out of a family purpose statement or out of a certain idea because really living more intentionally is a journey. It's not a goal. It's not something where you say, okay, we are officially living intentionally. We don't have to try anymore. You know, it's a <laughs> lifelong process, yes. but it's not going to work if not everybody in the family is on the same page, mm -hmm. you know, because that's kind of what it is really. If you think of it, like living intentionally is relationships being the most important thing in your family. That's so good. That's so good. And yeah, I, lo I loved your idea about the, what did you call it? A sa screen Sabbath? Um, because if that's something on a screen Sabbath. A yeah. Screen Sabbath. Yeah. That's something uh -huh. that a mom could do just by herself to cultivate that yes. just in her own heart. And, you know, and she can do that and that gives her margin in her emotions and in her space to cultivate that relationship with her husband. So maybe instead of, you know, spending time on social media, maybe she sits and watches a football game with her husband and, and just develops that relationship. But it can all, you know, kind of lead down the road that she's hoping to head, but she's cultivating it in her own heart while cultivating those relationships at the same time. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can choose for your, the things that only affect you. You can absolutely go ahead and do, and they could be, they could model, uh, something that you actually want for the whole family. So mm -hmm. we're talking practical stuff. You know, if you want to declutter your own wardrobe, you can absolutely do that. Or, um, yeah, be reading books all the, you know, on a regular basis so that you have things to talk about because you're continually learning. Those are all things you can pursue solo, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's going to, I mean, you live with your family and you love your family and that's going to bleed over and maybe not tomorrow, but over the course of, mm -hmm. you know, weeks and months, that's going to, they're going to see the impact that it has in our lives. And hopefully that'll inspire them to, you know, adopt it in their own life as well. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, that, this is the case for us too. It's not like Kyle and I perfectly see eye to eye on everything at all. You know, we, we deal with the same kind of relationship issues. And I have to remind myself all the time that our marriage is more important than any sort of idea I have. I have for us to pursue, you know, if it's not what's best for us collectively right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Tish, we are about out of time, but okay. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you online, where they can get your book and what, I know you already mentioned the release date, but if you'd mention that again and, uh, yeah. So where you are online, where they can get your book and when it's out. Sure. Okay. Well, the blog that I helped, 
that I help run, of which you are also a contributor, is called The Art of Simple. So it's theartofsimple.net. And they can find me there a couple times a week. I also write on my personal blog to shocksandwriter.com, but that's much more, you know, when the mood strikes. Um, and then my book, you can pre-order it because it releases February 4th of 2014. You can pre-order it now. It's on the sidebar of The Art of Simple. And you can, you know, go from that link to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any other bookstore that you care about. And yeah, that's where they can find me. Woohoo. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today, Tish. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Tish and I have, we sort of met being roommates for seven days in a foreign country. And that's that's just uh, always a fun way to meet somebody for, (laughs) it wasn't technically the first time, but kind of the first time. So anyway, yeah, so uh, we yep. yeah, we, we, we hung out at Ikea once, but, um, so I, <laughs> I hope everybody listening really enjoyed our time with Tish today. I know that I've been inspired and, um, I'm, I'm thankful that you were able to join us today. So thanks so thanks. much. It was fun. All right. Yep. It was fun. Bye. Bye. Hey friends, I wanted to share a quick announcement with you. My wonderful friend Sally Clarkson hosts a conference every year called Mom Heart, and I have gone for the past mm, several years since I first heard about it. And it's a conference just for moms, and I leave every single year feeling so refreshed and so inspired as a mom. And so I wanted to tell you about it. Now, these events are coming up really soon. The next one is in Colorado, January 24th and 25th. Not even sure if registration is still open for that one. So if you're interested, head over to momheartconference.com to find out. Then there's another event in Irvine, California, February 7th and 8th, and another event in DFW or Dallas-Fort Worth area, Texas, February 21st and 22nd. And I'm going to be at that event. I will not be speaking, but I'd love to schedule a meetup and hang out with you guys. So if you're going to the Dallas-Fort Worth one, let me know because I want to hang out with you. But I wanted to make sure that you heard about this event because it's been such a blessing to me. And I know it'll be a blessing to you. So head over to momheartconference.com to get all the details about the event. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now. And I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweetness.